0: But uh, tonight we're actually going to talk about forgiveness, and I know if you'd, like, if you'd known I was going to talk about that, you said, I don't think I would have showed up for that, but I, I, I have a, I, I'm going to play a song to kind of set the tone, okay? It's a country and western song. I don't know if anybody listens to country and western music. You, you know, we, we didn't, you know, we grew up in Texas. I grew up in Texas and Oklahoma. Mary's just, you know, she's Oklahoma, born in Ardmore and lived in Muskogee, you know, finally ended up Midwest city. And we're like, we never listened to country and Western music until we had a really good friend, Mary, a country and Western who's a, who's a well-known country and Western singer now. And so we've kind of been, you know, friends with them and walking them through a lot of things. So we just kind of started listening to it. And I, and I came across this song, it's not by them, it's, it's by somebody else. Uh, a few years ago that I think kind of really does help lay the foundation. <laughs> I haven't been to church since I don't remember when <laughs> Things were going great till they fell apart again so i listened to the preacher as he told me what to do he said you can't go hating others who have done wrong to you sometimes we get angry but we must not condemn let the good lord do his job and you just pray for them Okay, it goes downhill from there. Okay. I don't think that's quite what the preacher had in mind. But that's, that's how we feel. I mean, when somebody hurts us, I mean, it's like that's how we feel. Somehow it's like I just want to get even with that person there. You know, most people, I think, would forgive if they just understood what forgiveness was. If they really could comprehend and, and, and get a, a good understanding of what forgiveness is, they would be willing to forgive. So we're going to talk about that, first of all, what it is and what it's not. First of all, forgiveness is acknowledging that you have actually been offended. Because you can't deal with it if you don't bring it to the light. You know, somebody will say, well, th- did that hurt you? And they go, no, I'm okay. Well, it, it, that looked like that really hurt you. no. Really? I'm I'm fine. I mean, because they're thinking, if if I admit that I've been offended, then I'm like, I'm admitting that I'm an inferior Christian or something like that. So, but the truth is, we all get offended. I mean, if if you're around people at all, you're going to get offended. If you have a family, you're going to get offended. Somebody got offended just driving here tonight. It's not an issue of whether or not you're going to get offended. The question is, how quickly can you resolve the offense and get past it? Forgiveness is not saying that it didn't happen to you. Some people think, you know, if I forgive, then I'm like, I'm just like saying it didn't happen. Like, you know, like maybe I push the delete button or something like that, but you don't have one of those. Or maybe you're, you're if, if, I, if I forgive them, then I'm just saying what they did was okay. Like, I, you know, somehow I've come to terms with it. But, you know, for, forgiveness is not saying what they did is okay. It, it's not, you know, removing it out of your brain. All it's doing is removing the power of that event off of your life so that it no longer has power over you. When, you, when Jesus described it, he described it as, as forgiving a debt. He put it this way in, the, in that, that Lord's Prayer, Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Lord, forgive us of our debtors our our debts as we forgive our debtors in other words lord forgive us of of what we owe you because what happens if i sin against you or i offend you then i've created an obligation that needs to be paid and the way that you usually want me to pay is that you probably would like for me to suffer a little bit you know somehow because you think somehow if if i suffer enough somehow you will feel compensated but the truth is, no matter how much I suffer, it really will not compensate you for your loss. And what you, what you end up doing is that you end up, because I'm holding out for that debt to be paid, and what I'm doing, I'm actually attaching myself to that person. In other words, I've actually put myself in, you know, in bondage to that person because I'm waiting. Rather than releasing it, I'm waiting for that debt to be paid, so I, I'm actually hanging on to that person rather than being free from that person. I mean, the only way you're going to be free from that debt actually is to release it. And when you release it, you also have to release any satisfaction you think you're going to feel. You're going to have to give that up as well whenever you do release release that debt. Forgiveness is giving up any expectations that you have. Whether those expectations are legitimate or illegitimate, it doesn't matter. I mean, for example, you know, my, when my wife and I we got married, we, had, we, we, we talked about, you know, I expect this of you, you expect this of me. And so we have these expectations. And if I don't meet the, what, the ex- expectations that we talked about, it's going to make her, it's going to offend her. And, and, if, and, you know, because she loves me, she's going to forgive me. And, but if I keep doing it, it's, it's going to continue to create some bitterness inside of her. Sometimes we have expectations that we don't really know that we have until they get violated. I mean, my wife can have an expectation of me that I know about, and, and, I, and I didn't meet that, and then she gets mad at me. I said, Well, I didn't know that you expected it, you know, this of me. And of course, her response could be, you should have known, you know, which just happens sometimes. We have expectations for our children. We have expectations of our parents. And a lot of times we have expectations of our of our parents that never were met. In fact, a lot of us have that. In other words, you know, when you grew up, you ha- you expected some things that your parents would do, like love you, take care of you, protect you, tell you how amazing, how wonderful you are. I mean, these, these are, I think, legitimate expectations that we have of our parents. But what if you have a parent that was not able to do any of that well you can be angry about that in fact some people actually are just hanging on to that waiting for the day that their parent would just wake up smell the coffee and just say hey I'm sorry but what if your parent is incapable of ever doing that you're just going to put your life on hold that's not a that's not a good answer to that you see, what you have to do, you have to take that expectation and release your parent of that expectation. You know, just say, God, you know, my, my parents never came through for me. They never did this for me or did that for me. And those are legitimate things. But I'm going to release them. I'm going to take them off of my hook, and I'll just put them onto your hook. But I still have those needs. And you're going to have to be the one to meet those needs. And I think, I think God will do that. So we have to release our parents, even though they, you know, they they, uh, because they may not have any capacity to be able to ever say that or to ever say I'm sorry. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. God likes reconciliation, but reconciliation always requires two people. It requires that other person to be involved. And you have no control over anybody else. You don't have control over what they think, how they behave. You you can't control them. All you can do is control you. One guy comes to me one time and he says, well, I can't forgive my dad. I said, why can't you forgive your dad? And he said, well, because he's dead. Because to him, for forgiveness to count, he actually had to say it. In other words, it wasn't wasn't good and it didn't count unless I could actually say it. So he said, I can't forgive my dad. And I said, yes, you can forgive your dad. It doesn't matter if he's dead or alive or or even if he was like on the other side of the world. You can forgive them because that is your decision and your choice to make. Now, having said that, let me say this. If uh, if If the person does not know that they have offended you, do not feel obligated to tell them. <laughs> Periodically, when I was pastoring, somebody would come up to me and, and they would and they would say, "Pastor, I I just want you to know that I forgive you." <laughs> I I would I would say, "Well." I, I'm sorry. I didn't know that I, that I did something. What? What? What did I do? And they would, and they would tell me what I did. And ninety percent of the time, it was the most stupid thing for them to get upset about or be offended about. But, but no matter what, when when they said that, I said, you know, I looked at them and I said, and I had my my pastor face on. <laughs> you know, I I'm sorry. I didn't know that I hurt you and offended you. Would you forgive me? Yes, pastor. Now, that's what was on the outside, but what was on the inside? I can't believe it. That is the most dumbest, stupid thing I've ever, I've ever heard. I was thinking that. But on the outside, yes, I'm sorry. Now, what was happening is that it, it was creating another offense, right? Right? I mean, she was offending me by, by me having offended her. So if, if the other person doesn't know that they have offended you, do not feel obligated to tell them. Just take care of it between you and God. Now, uh, if that person is like a repeat offender, okay, then you can tell them. <laughs> but otherwise, just you and God can take care of it. Uh, forgiveness is not like releasing the proper boundaries that you would put around yourself in order to prevent future damage. I mean, sometimes people are like, they're not safe. I don't know if anybody has any of those people in your life. You know, in other words, if you came to them and said, I just, you know, I just want you know that I forgive you for offending me, you're just going to get an explosion. I mean, anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody have any of those in your life? I'm just, I mean, it's like a volcano. It's just coming right at you. It's because you just stepped across that boundary. Now, you don't have to cross the boundary. You can forgive them from afar if they're not safe. You don't have to get next to people and just submit yourself to being wounded again. You can actually just keep a boundary around yourself. A lady comes up to me one time, and she said, you know, I... My husband tells me that I haven't forgiven him. I say, well, well have you? She goes, I think I have. She said he, he had an affair, and I chose to take him back. But sometimes when he gets close to me, I just, you know, it, it, just, it just brings things up, and I, I just can't go there. And so he would say to me, well, you haven't forgiven me. You see, for in his mind, Forgiveness was that we, re, we, just, we returned to a previous state. But you can't come to the previous state because an affair had taken place. So his job, his responsibility was to rebuild trust. But he was wanting to re- alleviate himself of doing his responsibility by pulling the you haven't forgiven me card because he didn't want to have to do his, his job. My question to her was this. Are you letting him rebuild trust? Because if she's not, then probably she hasn't forgiven him. But her job is to let him rebuild trust. But it is his job to to do it, to rebuild trust. You you can forgive them and not trust them. I mean, they got to have some history so you can retrust, right? But 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 you still have to, to forgive. You're obligated to to uh, to forgive. Forgiveness is releasing you to go on with life, being untethered by the, by the things that other people have done. For example, in the Old Testament, there's a story of Joseph. And Joseph, Joseph if anybody should have been bitter, this guy should have been bitter. I mean, well, I mean, your brothers sell you into slavery. That would, I think, that would hack me off and make me a little bitter. Then you go into not only getting slavery, but you end up going into jail, going to prison. I mean, that, that would that would hack me off. And and uh, you know, he spends a lot of time there. And then, of course, you know, he gets out of prison and becomes like the most powerful person in the world. You know, underneath Pharaoh there, and the family comes in, and now his brothers are standing in front of him who put him there. And I'm thinking, if I was this guy, you know, I would really put the squeeze on these guys. But, he, you know, he, he didn't do it. And these guys were thinking, oh, no, it's, he's going to take us out. I can feel it now. He's going, he's going to kill us. I just know it. And he doesn't do it. And then they say, okay, the only reason he hasn't done it is because of dad. But as soon as dad dies, we're dead meat. Well, dad dies. And what does Joseph do? He calls them all together. You know, you can see them, they're kissing their family, you know. I'm sorry, it's been great knowing you. As they're all coming together, and they're they're sitting there, and Joseph is talking to them. And, of course, they're thinking that he's going to really lay into us now and take us out. But he tells the guy, he says, no, guys, really, I'm, I'm good. What you meant for evil, God meant for good. So what we see in Joseph, that here was a man that was able to move into his destiny because he was not tethered by things of his past. Listen, you're able to go into your destiny. You're able to, to, to go into that and, 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 and do it without constraints, without being tied back, if you have a heart that always forgives. Now, when we don't forgive, there's going to be some consequences. I mean, number the first thing that happens, like in, in uh, Matthew chapter 18, the tormentors are released against you. Now, in this story, there's the king who owned, I guess, a lot of stuff. And this guy owed him a lot of money. Like The guy owed him so much money that he could not repay. So he comes before this, this ruler and he said, okay, you know, have mercy on me. And, and, and he said, yeah, okay, I'll have mercy on you. So he gave, showed mercy to this, to this person, forgave this debt, which was so, so huge that it was unpayable forgives that, and so the guy's feeling pretty good now. He's walking down the street. He sees a guy that owes him like a small amount of money, and, and what does he do? He says, hey, you, pay, hey, you know, pay, pay me. The guy says, I oh, I can't do that. You know, I don't have it right now. You know, let me pay you later. He says, no, you need to pay me right now. And then the guy calls, you know, he asks for mercy, but he didn't show him mercy. In fact, it says that he chokes him, drags him off to debtor's prison, which means that the family had to pay the debt to get him out, and then somebody told on him what he'd done. Of course, he goes back before the king and the king said, what were you thinking? I mean, I forgave you of this massive amount and you couldn't forgive just this small amount? So it says that he threw him into the prison to be tormented by the tormentors. And you think, what are those? Well, I think they're just demonic spirits. You see what happens is that as long as you're you're able to freely give what you freely receive you you're in this place in, in, of grace, this this flow of grace. And, and in this place of grace, it, there's, there's protection upon you because you're freely giving what you freely received. And when you have freely received God's forgiveness and you freely give away what you have simply received, then you're in this place, you're in the, you're in the flow of grace and the place of grace. But if you don't give what you have received, you actually step out of that. when that means you've stepped out of that protection. And so you, you're, not, you're not covered. You're not protected. And what happens, those, those demons, it, they're looking for people like that. I mean, you might as well just paint a target on yourself, like, torment me, torment me, because they're going to come after you because you simply are not in that place of protection because you refuse to give what you have received. Another thing that happens is that you curse yourself. Now, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about this tomorrow morning, how we just break the power of words off of our life. But sometimes what happens, we actually curse ourselves because what comes out of us comes back to us. I mean, there's a passage that we're going to look at a little more in depth uh, tomorrow morning in Luke chapter 6 where it talks about, you know, bless those who curse you, do good to those who do bad to you. And then it, then, then it talks about do not judge or you'll be judged, don't condemn or you'll be condemned. And then, then it gets to verse 38, which usually we hear as the offering's being passed, even though the context, it does apply to offering, by the way, because it is, it's the principle of giving. But the context happens to be in the context of judging. So verse, uh, Luke 6.38 says, give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaken together running over in your lap for by your standard of measure it shall be measured back to you the context of judging so when judging's coming out when when cursing is coming out when bitterness is coming out guess what's coming back at you and when it comes back at you it's not coming back in the same way in which it left you Because when it comes back, it's come back good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, pouring into your lap. In other words, it is coming back on you in a greater greater measure than when it left you. And whenever there is bitterness inside of you, I'm telling you, blessings is usually not what's coming out of your mouth. (laughs) It's usually negativity, cursing, condemnation, stuff like that. And when you do that, then the enemy, the enemy sees it as it's his permission, that you just gave him your permission to bring all of that stuff back on you. That's, that's another consequence. Another consequence is that there are physical problems. For the, if anybody prays for the sick... If, you have a, if you're one of the people that use like, just love praying for the sick, you, you, will, you will know this to be true, that you will see more people physically healed as they choose to forgive than by anything else. I, I, I see a lot of people healed all the time. And I always see people healed just by the, the act of forgiving because they're actually putting themselves back into the flow of grace because they stepped out of it. Lady comes one time to our our uh, uh, a prayer meeting. We used to have a a prayer meeting at our church on Tuesdays, like Tuesday morning early, Tuesday at noon, Tuesday at night. And so sometimes people would drop in. This lady's new to the church. She calls up and says, "I need prayer." Well, come on to the Tuesday prayer meeting. So she popped in. She said, "You know, I need I need prayer." She said, "I've got this horrible, horrible back pain. I mean, it's." I'm on social security disability because of this thing. I've taken everything that I can take legally. And I don't know what else to do. I said, oh, yeah, let's pray. So, so we're getting ready to pray, and the Lord speaks to me, and he says, ask her about her husband. I said, tell me about your husband. That man. You won't believe what he did. He left me, left those kids. I had to work two jobs, sometimes three jobs just to make ends meet. But that was a long time ago, and I'm over it now. Would you like to forgive him? No, I don't want to forgive him. He doesn't deserve to be forgiven. He ran off with that floozy. They just spent money here and there, never sent me a dime. I had to work two jobs, three times. I got this back problem because of that guy. But that was a long time ago. And I'm over it now. <laughs> when, we let, when we led, when we her to forgive her husband, her back pain left. One time, <clears throat> Mary and I were in, were in Londrina, Brazil, and we had, we had a whole line of women. You know, ten or twelve women or so in this line, and all it was was, was women. And if you go to, on the trip with Randy, sometimes, or Randy Clark, you know, you, you'll go in these big venues. This was like a Baptist church with like 5,000 people in there. So, you know, we all had like a massive line. And, and, and so, the, you know, the first lady comes up to us. And, you know, of course, we had a translator. And she said, how can we pray for you? She said, I've got this pain in my back. I said, okay. And as we're getting ready to pray, uh, the Lord speaks to me and says, ask her if she needs to forgive somebody. Do you need to forgive somebody? Yes, there's this man. He hurt me. And whenever she forgave the guy who hurt her, her back pain left. Next lady comes up. How can we pray for you? I've got this pain in my back. Okay. Getting ready to pray. Lord speaks. Ask her if she needs to forgive somebody. Do you need to forgive somebody? Yes, there's this man. He hurt me. And when she forgave, she was healed. Next lady comes up. How can we pray for you? I got this pain in my back. I don't wait for the Lord to tell me anything. I says, is there anybody that you need to forgive? Yes, there's this man. He hurt me. And whenever she forgave, she was healed. Next lady comes up. How can we pray for you? I've got this pain in my back. What man hurt you? Every one of those women had pain in their back. Every one of them had a man who hurt them, and every one of them, when they forgave, were healed. Sometimes bitterness kind of settles into the bones. And uh, now, just because you have bone problems doesn't mean there's bitterness, but when I'm praying for somebody and there's bone problems, then I, I probably will ask that question, is there somebody that you need to forgive? And it doesn't matter how long ago the offense took place. A lady... Uh, comes up to me. I was teaching this in Tucson, Arizona. She comes up to me and and she says, you know, I just realized as you're talking that, you know, I've had this pain in my neck for 20 years. And this pain is a constant pain. It's never left me. And and I got this pain in a car accident that I had. And I realized I never forgave the person who ran into me. And when I forgave them, the 20 year old neck pain left. And I've seen that many times, that people have something, you know, they have 20, 30 years ago. I mean, it could be like the person who ran into them. It could be, you know, they needed to forgive the doctor or their insurance company. Or they might even need to forgive themselves, because they might have been the one who caused that. But even things that have been lasting for 20, 30 years, once they forgave, things left. And that's because you actually step back into the place of grace. Back into the flow again. Another thing that happens is that you cut off any kind of impartation that somebody can give you whenever you have bitterness against them. In other words, you can't receive from them anymore. I mean, if you have bitterness against your parents, you can't receive from them. I mean, you, you're not going to listen to them. You're, you're not going to receive any from them. And we do this to to spiritual leaders as, as, as well. I mean, for example, if somebody would, you know, if they came up to me and they would, you know, when I pastor and they would say, Pastor, we just want you to know that we feel like we're supposed to leave the church. And if I were to say to them, you know, could, it, you know, could you at least tell me why? If, if they said to me, well, the truth is we're just not getting fed anymore. My response to that would be, how did I hurt you? Because if if they're offended at me, they can't receive from me anymore. So, so I, I must have hurt them some way because they can't receive. Because I, I, I know it's not the preaching. You understand? You know, <laughs> like everybody else is okay with it. You know, but, I, but I, here again, I don't, I don't. I don't say that. You understand? But. Uh, <laughs> But we have people leave churches, they leave your, your small groups, they leave your Bible study, they leave your fellowships, and, and they do that because sometimes they, they're carrying an offense. And we just, and we just need to realize that if, 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 a, if there is an offense that you can no longer receive you know, from that person. Forgiveness is simply taking the person and placing them in the, into the hands of Jesus. Jesus is our just judge. Nobody ever gets off the hook. You just take them off of your hook, and you put them onto Jesus' hook. Romans chapter 12, verse 19 says this. Never take your own revenge, beloved, but leave room for the wrath of God, for it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. It's never your job it's always it's always God's job so I got to have a couple of volunteers here Uh, what's your name Reese Reese? come on up here Reese and what was your name drew Drew? come on up here drew so Reese I want you kind of face this way and drew I want you to, to face Reese okay now let's say that Reese Really hurt Drew. Okay, let's say Reese hurt Drew, and so what happens is that Drew decided he's going to hang on to that offense. In other words, I would like for Drew, for, for Reese to to pay for that a little bit. So he's he's hanging on that debt, and and when he hangs on to it, that means he's actually attached himself to his offender. So he's actually in bondage to his offender because he decided. To, to, to stay attached to okay so 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 what has happened so he's attached to him and but but the scripture says and let me tell you what bitterness is nothing more than unfulfilled revenge and so that scripture we read says, it's never your job to take revenge right that happens to be that happens to be god's job that's not your job so what happens go ahead and face him but since 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 uh, Drew has decided to hang on to this offense, he's attached himself to Reese. So now for God to do his job, guess what God has to do? God has to go through Drew in order to deal with Reese because Drew decided to play God and to do God's job and stay attached to his offender. So therefore, for God to deal with Reese, he's got to go through Drew to do it. So guess, guess what? God's not going to do that. So guess who gets off? Because it's never your job to take your own revenge. That's God's job, right? That's not, that's, not, that's not your job. That's God's job. God does his job really good. You are terrible at doing God's job. You're terrible at it. And, but what happens is that since Reese is doing, and so now Reese is, Reese is, he's attached himself. So the only way that God can actually do his job is for, for Reese to forgive, no, for Drew, I I got sorry, God's got mixed up, for Drew to forgive Reese, and when he does, he steps out of the way. And what that does, that gives God a direct shot to take care of Reese. All right, stay, stand right here. Stand right here. Oh, keep looking. You're doing good. All right. So, do, do, you, do you get the picture here? You, you see your offender is getting off because you decided to do God's job. Are you good with that? Do you, do you realize that? So, we, turn them over to God. Now, it's interesting. That passage that we read in, uh, in uh, uh, Romans chapter 12 is taken from Deuteronomy chapter 32. We can look at those Hebrew words. That word there, I will repay, is, it, is the, it is the Hebrew word shalim. And so you remember when I talked about that it, that an offense creates a debt, it creates an obligation that has to be paid? Guess who can compensate you for any loss that you have? God says, I will repay. God will actually come in. And so therefore, whenever, whenever Drew forgives, really, forgives Reese, then all of a sudden, any loss that Drew has, God will now compensate Drew for that. That's good. That word shalim also is, the, the root word of that is shalam, which is also the root word for shalom. It's in that same word group. You're actually bringing like, the, the, you know, the things of have got into that. To, in other words, to set everything straight and set everything in order whenever you choose to forgive. Does this, does this, does this make sense? Okay. Thank you, guys. You did good. Except I couldn't remember your names. What forgiveness does, it just lets you get on with life. You know that that offender still has power over you until you forgive, and that should irritate you if nothing else does. A guy comes in my office one time. Yeah. He, he comes Somebody sent sitting in, he comes in, he sits down, he's like, he's, he's a mess. His life is a mess. Everything in his life is, is bad. You know, he's, he's like in his mid-30s, and he's got all these physical problems. He's got these carpool tunnel things on, you know, on, his, on his wrists, and, and he, he's sitting there, and he's telling me how his life is horrible, his marriage is horrible, his relationship with his kids are horrible, he can't keep a job, blah, 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 and he finishes everything by saying, you know, and it's all my mother's fault. I said, well, how's that your mother's fault? And then he goes on to tell her how she's in his business. She just can't get out of his life. She, you know, she's he's in this his marriage with his kids. I mean, everything, everything in his life is horrible, and it's all her fault. And I said, Well, well, would you would you like to forgive her? No, I don't want to forgive her. She didn't deserve to be forgiven. And then of course, you know, he's just spewing this thing again. I'm saying, you know, oh. Okay, so then I go through telling him why he should forgive. I mean, I went through all these nice points, you know, of why he should forgive. You know, nothing was working. I'm saying, okay, this isn't this is not working at all. So, so you know, Lord, what, what we, we got to do something. Give me a different strategy. So I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, okay, so so where's your mother right now? Well, she's home. Okay, what's she doing? Watching TV, probably. Is she okay oh yeah she's fine is she is she happy oh yeah she's as happy as she can be I said is is she healthy oh yeah she didn't have any problems okay so you're let me get this straight your mom is is home watching tv she's happy and she's healthy is she bothered that you you know about about how you feel towards her no she can care less okay so So she's home, she's happy, she's healthy, watching television. She's not bothered by by how you feel about your. But, oh, man, you are punishing her, aren't you? I mean, she's really hurting. She's really, but you're really getting even with her and punishing her as she's sitting home happy and healthy, watching television. All of a sudden, he began to realize that he's not punishing her. He's punishing him because he has believed that lie. That lie that says if I hang on to it, somehow I'm hurting them. Somehow I'm punishing them. Somehow I am taking my own revenge. And like I said, bitterness is nothing more than unfulfilled revenge. And that's never your job. That's always God's job and God does it really well. If you just Let him do it. Just let God do his job. Sometimes we think, well, I don't know that I can forgive. Well, any thought that you've heard that you can't forgive happens to be a lie from hell. I mean, you just heard a voice that's not yours, and you've entertained that voice, and you actually believe that voice, but that wasn't your voice. That was actually the enemy, putting that thought into your head, because you can forgive because God's Word says you can, because it says, I can do All things through Christ who strengthens me God always gives you the grace to do whatever you have received so if you've received forgiveness then God empowers you to forgive in other words the power to forgive is available to you if you make the decision and the choice to forgive I wrote a book on forgiveness, and uh, in, in fact, I, I do have a couple of books. Uh, I only brought one that I'm going to be selling this uh, th- this weekend, and it is the one on forgiveness. And uh, I wrote it for three reasons. Number one, the first reason I wrote it, I wanted to lessen my counseling load because I, I made people actually read it before they could make a counseling appointment. <laughs> Some people read it took care of business, and they didn't need to come in because on most of those counseling situations, we're going to talk about forgiveness somewhere in that conversation. So some people, they took care of it. They didn't need to make an appointment. Other people saw what we were going to talk about. They didn't want to do that, so they didn't make an appointment either. (laughs) My counseling load got really light when I started requiring the book. The second reason I wrote it it's because I knew people had to wrestle it through. Some people need to wrestle it through just to get to the other side. I was I was in Redding, right California. where you know there was a like a healing uh, conference that Randy and Bill were were, were teaching. I wasn't teaching at it, but I would I was, It's in the the conventions center, and I was just walking down the middle aisle when a lady, you know, comes r- screaming at me. Just comes running at me and grabs me. She goes, you know, I got to tell you about your book. She said, I abide by the case. She works in the downtown Mission in Redding, California. She says, I got to tell you about, about one family. She said, there's this one guy that has read your book eight times, and every time he's read your book, he's he's been healed of something physically. She said, but the miracle is not so much in the guy, but his mom. His, he said his, his mom was in Colorado. She's dying of, of cancer, and and uh, his sister took that book, went to her mom, went to his mom. And his mom was like, she's, you know, she's bitter, she's angry, and, and she's an unbeliever. And basically worked her through that book three times. And on the third time through, she forgave herself. She forgave others. She forgave God. Gave her heart to God. And then within a week was in his presence. She said, thank you for writing that that book because that lady is in heaven because she was able to work it through, get to the other side. We were in, uh, uh at Allen's church in, in the Albuquerque, New Mexico. And, and, uh, you know, one of the guys that's, that was in the church was telling me, that, you know, I actually hadn't get a little story, give a little testimony. Of this, he was in Cambodia, a short term missionary in Cambodia for a few years. And he, he talked about this doctor, this medical doctor that he was friends with. Whose parents were killed by the Cameroos, You know the killing fields, the Cameroons, and and he was actually there, seeing his father killed. You know, shot and dropped to the ditch, and they killed his mom a little bit later. And here now he's an orphan, and he's just like, okay, I'm 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 going to vow to be a doctor. I'm gonna I'm gonna you know, against all of these odds, I'm gonna be a doctor. And he was was able to be a doctor, but he was still, you know, even though he accomplished some of these life goals, he still ate up with all this bitterness and and anger. One of the young missionaries actually worked him through that book. And then he went to the very same place where they had murdered his father and forgave the people who did that. But he had to work it through. So I I wrote it to help people work it through. But the third reason I wrote it is because there's a principle involved that whenever you tear down an ungodly stronghold, you have to build a righteous stronghold in the opposite spirit. So if you're ripping out bitterness, you don't leave that place empty. You have to put something else in its place. So if you take out bitterness, you have to put in compassion. So if you tear down a stronghold of bitterness, you got to put in a stronghold of compassion. Because what happens if you don't do that, then you'll still have thinking structures that are in agreement with bitterness. And that's why feelings of unforgiveness come back up. I mean, ever, that's ever happened to anybody? It's like, well, I, I, I made a decision. I chose to forgive. And then a few weeks later, like I still have those feelings of unforgiveness. So I'll I forgive again. And then you have those feelings of unforgiveness rise up again. Well, wh- why is that happening? Because you need to understand how strongholds work. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, 3 through 5, talks about that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal, they're not fleshly, they're divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. Then it says that we are taking every thought captive. We're bringing every thought in, in, in obedience to Christ. So, you know, tearing down a stronghold, because a stronghold actually is a house of thoughts, it's a way of thinking. You know, we're actually, you know, re- renewing our thinking to come to an agreement with what God says. Because what happens, your thinking your thinking basically determines how you feel, and how you feel determines how you act. You can't change how you feel, but you can always change how you think. You can, in other words, go back to the very beginning, address your thinking patterns, and when you're able to address your thinking patterns, then you can talk, then that can address your, your feelings, and then that basically will determine your actions. So when you've got feelings that are simply of unforgiveness there, that means you still have... Patterns that are in agreement with bitterness. So you have to shift that. So the last half of the book is about how do you tear down a stronghold of bitterness and how do you rebuild a stronghold of compassion? So that so that you're actually coming to a place that you forgive quickly and easily because compassion rules you now. I know some people say, Why would I want to have compassion? Because you want to be like Jesus, and you want to live free. If you want to stay in bondage, don't renew your mind. But if you, like, you want to be free, you got to renew your mind to come into an agreement with heaven. That's why Jesus could stand up there, you know, hanging on the cross, enduring that, that intense measure of pain that he was experiencing, and can say, Father, forgive them. Because compassion ruled and that and and he can give you that same compassion he can give you the grace to do that so that's really why i wrote the book and, and basically everything i've taught tonight is 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 in here as well and and uh it sells well on global site by the way in fact if you go to their site and you plug in most popular i'm not saying which book it is which includes Randy Clark's books and Bill Johnson's books. <laughs> oh. So what we're going to do right now is that we're going to do a corporate prayer of forgiving. Now, I would have to say that there are a few of you who are in here who keep short accounts and, you know, it's like, I can't think anybody I haven't already forgiven. That's... That's not a majority of us in here, okay? I just know. Because if you look in your history, there's probably some people that, like, I'm struggling to forgive or I haven't forgiven or, yeah, you know, I need to forgive. And so we're all going to do it together because I'm not going to say those who need to stand, okay? We'll, so we'll, we'll do it all together. And you will forgive this person. And we'll call the person my offender. Don't, don't say the person's name because they might be sitting right next to you. Okay. We forgive people one person at a time, all right? Now, if you got a group that offended you, then you can forgive the group. But but it, you know, if we're do one at a time, so you forgive this person. I mean, you can say, "Lord, forgive everyone." And that will kind of give you a little bit of a relief there. But all of a sudden those people's faces begin to pop up, right? Yeah. So when they do, then, you know, you need to forgive them. And so, you know, you might have to just kind of sit down with God just, you know, in the next few days to sit down with him and just take your list of people that you need to forgive, go through the list, and just then just get rid of the list. Because you actually, or you should be able to release them, put them into God's hands, and then begin to move on with life. And when the enemy throws those things back into your brain, and he will do that, you say, no, that's not my thought. That is not my, you're not you're not going to do that to me. Now, I release that person. So we're going to forgive one person at a time. Are we good? Let's all stand. Now just you know who you need to forgive, all right? Just repeat after me. In the name of Jesus, I choose to forgive forgive. as I have been forgiven. I I now choose choose to forgive my offender. offender. I release any right that I have retained retained to bring bring revenge. I release them from my hands hands and place them into your hands. Jesus, my just judge. I break every curse that I have sent to them, and I call forth a blessing towards them. Thank you, Jesus, that you give me the grace to give what I have received. I have received your forgiveness, and you've empowered me to forgive others. I just let the cleansing of the Lord just kind of just come in you now, right, right now. There is something about that. Whenever we release others, that we push that we position ourselves to receive just the hand of the Lord on our life. Now, Lord, I just for those of who who've just stepped out of that place of grace, Lord Jesus. And now I've just stepped back into it. I ask, Lord, that your grace will begin to come on their bodies right now for healing. Physical healing. Heart healing. Just let your grace just come on their bodies right now. Come into their minds and into their hearts. Now you just position yourself for more of the grace of God. The power of God. Even some of the things you've been struggling with, it says, where's the power of God in my life? Well, it may not have even been there because you've not been in the flow of grace. You've stepped out of the flow of grace, but now you've just stepped back into it. So, Lord, come release your power. Come release your presence. Just let it come. Just, it's just like you've just positioned yourself for like the buckets of grace to just to begin to pour over you, to pour over you. You see, we can only give what we have received. So now that you're back in that position of grace, your capacity is getting enlarged, and that's a great thing. That's a really good thing. Some of you came into this place tonight. You, had just, you, you just had pain in your body. So I would just, for many of you, if you if you came in with pain, just check it out right now. Just check it out. You know, bend your back, your neck, your arms. Just kind of bend it. We're not just- I'm not wanting to embarrass you or anything like that, because a lot of people don't like to admit that they had an issue but if your body is like better than what it was when you came in here just kind of just raise your hand and just put it back down okay all right there's a whole bunch of you guys because you're back in the flow of grace you're back in the place of grace so lord increase your grace right now increase your power and, Lord, I ask that you begin to let your compassion just flow. Lord Jesus, we, we, just, we just see you in, in the New Testament, how you did everything out of compassion. You did everything because you loved. And so, Lord, begin to let your compassion begin to flow through us now and to flow into our hearts. Let it just sink right now, sink into us. Sink into us and capture us. Now just receive, just receive, just receive.